Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Let's Be Real. I'm James, your host for today's episode. I'm thrilled to be joined once again by the one and only Movie Games lad, Nayan. But before we get started on today's episode, if you'd like us to cover any specific topics, then hit us on, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or TikTok, and we may just feature that topic on the show. And hey, if you want even more of our content, make sure you check out moviegames.com for all the latest box office coverage, 4K UHD reviews, film rankings, and award season updates. Also, be sure to follow our email newsletter to keep up to date with our content on a weekly basis. Thanks to everyone who is joining us today. We appreciate you. So, Nan. What did we get up to this week? Anything interesting? Not much. Not I, much. I gamed on Saturday. Oh, yeah? Played some Destiny. Ooh, and nice. then Sunday was the day. It I've was, heard a little bit about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the day. <laughs> Never in my life have I seen my rugby league team, the Warriors, come back from being 20-0 down. <laughs> now, anyone out there, the Warriors is a team where they're 20-0 down. They just stop giving up, and then the score end up, ends up on the closer to the 100 mark. <laughs> but not today, not that day. We came oh. back and we won. <laughs> Fuck, it was a good game. Holy shit, I was in a great mood, even at work, which is very rare. I bet. It's funny because I think on Friday, you were telling me, like, your top Warriors games and stuff like that. So where does that game fit in terms of your top Warriors? Is that number one? No, definitely not number one. Top three? Uh, I would, yeah, top three, different top five. It's up sure. there, though. Yeah. yeah. Just because of like how they came back. Now we're second on the table. Up the Wars. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> second. But the Broncos. Yeah, I, I, I took a screenshot of that because I know it's going to go down. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Just hold on to those memories. What about yeah. you? Um, I have kept up with Ted Lasso. I'm finally keeping up with a show. It's been like a year and a half since I've been able to do that. Time wise, I haven't. Yeah, you haven't. Have you? You've seen the first one, eh? First two. First two. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I watched the third one. It's pretty good. It's not as uh, great as the first two seasons so far. So I'm just kind of like going with it. But there's some interesting plot lines being set up, I guess. So mm. it'll be weird, but we'll we'll see where that goes. Yeah. And then on on Sunday, while you're watching the game, I was watching um the Australian Grand Prix, um, <laughs> which was absolute chaos. It was looking to be quite a standard, boring race. Um, and then I think there's two laps to go and then someone, someone crashes. And then so they, it's a red flag, so they restart the, um, the race from a standing, like just from still. And so everyone's caught up to each other again. Now it's anyone's race. So when they do the restart, there was like, eight crashes and then like <laughs> there were at least eight cars out and it was just absolute havoc and oh it, it was a nightmare but it, it was a very entertaining watch yeah. gotta love car crashes <laughs> oh they're always entertaining as long as everyone's safe of course no nah. but yeah we're gonna get to the show now okay so on today's show we are going to be covering the avatar 3 box office potential where the millers 2 uh that was planned uh, the weekend box office results, the runtime length for Killers of the Flower Moon, our MCU Phase 3 and Phase 4 lists, the box office prediction for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, our reaction to the Asteroid City trailer, Victoria Alonso being fired from Marvel Studios, Clayface to be the, a villain in the Batman sequel, John Wick 5 being considered by Lionsgate, and our reaction to the Secret Invasion trailer, which just released 
uh, like a few hours ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get to it. Avatar 3 box office potential. I wanted to cover this one because I wrote an article about it last night and it got me really intrigued. I think I've been pretty uh, consistent, you know, with, with when I think this, this has come up a few times with us. And I always say, and I think me and you both say that it's going to be quite lower because the technology jump's not going to be there like Avatar 1 and 2 did. Yeah. But then, and then I'm starting to look at it a little bit deeper while I'm writing this article. And I'm like, okay, China was uh, very limited in Avatar 2's run because they have a zero uh, COVID policy. And I think about 60 to 69% of theaters were open at that time. And then, you know, you obviously got all the other things like unlimited seating and stuff like that just to minimize the spread and whatnot. Yeah. So you had that and it still made 257, I think, million there. I think Avatar is a franchise that has the potential to be like an Avengers movie in China. The re-release for Avatar 1 during the COVID times made 50 million. And that's like 11 years after the release. And I made 15 million for a re-release. That's crazy. Um, and so 260 in, in a very limited time, I think is, it shows the potential of it. And I think you could see around 500 to 600 million for Avatar 3 because it, it, there's nothing, it's nothing to do with quality in China. No offense to them. Like the Fast and Furious movies will get like 300, 400 like the, it's just a guarantee. Like I think like Fast Eight and stuff. Like everywhere else, it was declining in the world, but China just keeps getting higher <laughs> every time. I don't know why, but yeah. And then the word of mouth. I know it's not your your word, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the word of mouth has been strong for the Way of Water, and it was stronger for that movie than the first one. So you know, most people loved it, and or not loved it, at least liked it. And it was nominated for Best Picture, so obviously Film Industry Insiders obviously liked it as well. Along with the good word of mouth and the fact that Avatar 2 was mostly setting the table up for, for the feast of what's to come, you know? That's the best way I can put it. What no, I just at? look straight up. You're going to have a spider Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Why is it always... <laughs> <laughs> right. Wait, I'd just like to thank Nan over here who just saved my life. Um, we're, we're back on the podcast now. Uh, it tells me to look up and then about three to four inches above my head is a spider coming straight down to land on my head. I was too many to get a fly spray, not one you just spray in the face of the fly spray. You'll just aim for me as payback. Yeah, 100%. There's no air freshener here though, so. Well, you use old company. Just throw that in your face. Splash it at me. <laughs> Should have just let me become Spider-Man. Yeah. But no, oh, this setting for insects interrupting our podcast is getting very, very frustrating. <laughs> but it always creates a laugh. But to what I was saying before, yeah, Avatar 2, it set the table for what's coming. Now there's like, it's, there was a little bit of a cliffhanger to it. And now people have a little bit more anticipation because they don't have to wait as long and they can follow through what's actually happening in the story. So, yeah, what do you think? What's the potential for Avatar 3? I think we'll definitely hit 2 million. Yeah. We'll probably. Because, um, as you said, it's releasing next year or year after? Next year, in the next year. Yeah, so by then, COVID restrictions should lift because it's like five years on. Like, if it doesn't lift, then fucking just move on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and as you were saying, um, how like the potential in China is almost 500 million. If you add that to Avatar 2, that would have been like, what, 2.7? 
Was it 2.1 or 2.2? It, it's got a 2.3 at the moment. Two, oh, 2.8. Yeah, so if you add on, yeah. like, I guess at least 300, you'd be looking at 2.6. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so that, that's a big um big jump. Mm. Um, especially in... Yeah. What, what I'm talking about? Especially in terms of ticket sales. Yeah. In the box office. Yeah. And um, as you said before, because um, Avatar is now freshly in the minds of not only just the diehard fans, but the regular cinema goer, mm. they can sort of know what they're going to expect. They're going to expect a visual masterpiece. Yeah. Um, even though the technolo- technology isn't going to change, it's still going to be consistent mm. um, throughout. Oh, definitely. Throughout the next three films. Yeah. So um, people will just flock to the cinemas to see that. Yeah. And um, even the introducing the new elements as the rumor of the fire navi. Oh it, yeah. Everyone would want to see um how James Cameron tackles the fire element. Yeah. I mean, we saw him tackle the water and the water just looked gorgeous. Like, uh, gorgeous. Like literally looked like water. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with fire. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And, so. Um, yeah. No. And then just bringing all that together for like Avatar 4 and 5 would be visually just mind blowing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But if Avatar 3 does, uh, you know, not do as well, then it's going to be hard to, not, not look at the result of these movies at the box office and be like, it was the technology leap that made people go to that movie. Yeah. So we're going to really see if the story is actually in the people's minds. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I think I would say it's around that like 2.2 to 2.5 billion at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see how the marketing is, how it comes. But at the stage, all good things for the Avatar franchise. Moving on now. Um, we're the Millers. That was a comedy movie that I thought was, I really liked it. Now I know it has a forty nine percent of Rotten Tomatoes, which I learned this today, and I was shocked by it. I thought it's a really well liked yeah, comedy I thought, movie. I thought it'd been like sixties minimum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, like a lot of people that I talked to over the years, We're the Millers has always kind of been in the conversation for like, what's a funny movie that we should watch tonight or something like that. So you know, I, I was always surprised that it never got a sequel because it made. Around two seventy million worldwide on less than forty million budget. It's good and good, and you know, um, Jason Sudeikis, he's only rising in terms of popularity. Definitely. Jennifer Allison's still right there. Will Powder will be after Huge. Guardians Three releases, and so it, it feels like a no-brainer movie. But and so we found out by Jennifer Allison herself that it was in the planning stages, but it's been scrapped now. So, what we, what are your thoughts on this and? Would you have been keen to see Weather Millers too? Uh, not really. I not mean, really. I think Weather Millers is like a one-hit wonder, and I think if there was a sequel, we'd just fall into like the comedy sequelitis, you know. Mm. Um, with uh, what am I thinking of? The Hangover. Yeah, I was gonna <clears> say that. Yeah, I mean, Twenty Two Jump Street was pretty decent. I think they mm. broke it, but majority of these sequels that you get, like yeah. Daddy's Home too, and. Stuff like that, bad moms, this is that. all the things that are coming to my head at the moment that yeah. just didn't quite reach the height. I mean, not saying that those are good films, both first and second ones, yeah. but it still didn't quite reach the heights of the original, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so I'm sort of glad it didn't happen. Mm. Um, to be honest, I didn't even know about this news until you just mentioned it just now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess it's a good thing and I, I wouldn't want to see it. I mean, I guess if they do do mm. it, you clearly know it's just a cash grab. Yeah. That they're... That is get, true. Getting all money and they want something. Yeah. yeah. But that seems to be like what most studios are doing these days. Reboots? Oh, no. And just sequels. cash grabs and because yeah. they know I'll make money. But yeah, no, oh, I was actually going to say that, you know, uh, 
I would like to have seen it, but then you mentioned all that stuff, and I'm like, oh, actually, I probably wouldn't want to see it. <laughs> like every good R-rated comedy movie that has had a sequel, most of them have been bad. Yeah, there's good ones out there, and I can't. Uh, they don't come to mind right now, but yeah, they're most of them aren't good. And yeah, The Hangover I think is the best example. Oh, sorry, even Bad Neighbors too. That wasn't as good as the first Bad Neighbors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That was rated quite well, I believe. Um, but I, I never saw the quality in it. Um, yeah. not nearly as much as the first one. Yeah, but I think we could go through all those comedy movies because there would be a lot of examples out there. Eh? Fuck yeah. Yeah. So no, you made the right call there. We don't want Weather Millers too. Glad it was scrapped. But we do need more good comedy movies that are R-rated, I think. That's true. Yeah. That's why we're looking forward to Strays. What's Strays? I, I sent in the trailer on our chat. Like, oh, like a couple months ago. It's the the Talking Dogs movies, and it's like R-rated. So they're like swearing, stuff like that. It's not, I think as soon as I see it, I'll know what you're talking about. Yeah, but yeah you'll know what I'm talking about, yeah. Because all I could think of was a cat game. Like, why are you excited for that? That's already released. No, 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 not the cat game. <laughs> That is hype, though. Um, all right. We're going to move on to this weekend's box office report. Um, I've already discussed at length about the results uh, on moviegames.com, so go there if you want to hear more and see the top 10 box office results for this weekend. But for number one, we got Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, which opened to $38.5 million. John Wick Chapter 4 dropped 62% to $28.2 million. His Only Son debuted with $5.3 million opening weekend. Scream 6 dropped 36% to $5.3 million. Creed 3 dropped 39% to $5 million. So that's our top five. You'll notice that Shazam, Fury of the Gods, is not there. <laughs> On its third weekend, and Creed and Scream are still there. Zach, Zachary Levi clearly didn't plead enough, did he? <laughs> Go see this movie. It's great. Exactly. Well, clearly, trust it's, me. It's not. I don't even know what the hell his only son is, but fuck that beat it. Yeah, I know. Um, I did not expect his only son to get that. Yeah, uh, I'm really surprised about Dungeons and Dragons. I thought, I thought I was gonna go in a bit lower. I thought John Wick was gonna retain oh, um, yeah. number one spot. Um, mm. but to see it get 38 million, which is higher than what Shazam got on its opening weekend, yeah, is, yeah, it's good and. <laughs> and it is a good film, mm. and I hope we get a franchise from it. Yeah. So this is just obviously a positive thing to see. Definitely. Um, the other thing I was surprised about that was the um, drop for John Wick. Um, yeah. That's a massive drop, um, considering it's been getting great reviews and mm. whatnot. There's a lot of buzz around it. Um, for it to get 28 million in its second week was a little bit disappointing. I was, yeah. uh, <clears throat> I was sort of hoping to see it around that 35 to 40 mark. Um, yeah. But yeah, but. Yeah, that's all I can say. And Shazam's done. <laughs> Shazam, Shazam <laughs> is done. Yeah, I think that's at like fifty-three million, and it might get like around like the sixty million mark in the US total. That's so bad. The first one opened to fifty-five million, bro. Oh, just, yeah, truly, truly horrible there. Um, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, the industry projections were around that thirty million dollar mark. So for it to get thirty-eight point five, higher than Shazam. This is good, and I do want more of this by the same creators because this movie was really good and fun and just one of those, yeah, good cinema movies where you can just go in there and have fun and enjoy yourself kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and it also appealed to the diehard fan base too. Exactly. but Not, not that we got the jokes. but yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's global opening was just over 70 million, and this movie was budgeted for 151 million. That's so it's still, I still don't think it will may break even 
because you know there's all, all those other things on it like marketing and all these other expenses that it needs to cover. Hopefully it can, but I don't see it. Either way, this is better than what the studio was expecting, so that's good. And yeah, John Wick, I think that runtime really does kill rewatchability. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's funny because Avatar 2 was like 3 hours and 12 minutes, and then this is like 2 hours and 49 minutes. And then, yeah. But one, one's more story driven, and then one is more action driven. Yeah. With John Wick, you're just watching action, and, and you're mostly watching action. Yeah. One's R rated as well. That's true. So that, that has two barriers in the way. So, yeah, I don't think just genre films like John Wick, where it's just all like an action fest being that long, I don't think it does well for rewatches. But this is still amazing for the franchise. And we're going to touch, touch base on that a little bit later because, uh, yeah, some exciting news around the corner. Um, we're going to move on now to Killers of the Flower Moon. Now, this movie is one that me and you have been looking forward to a while. Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio, match made in heaven kind of stuff, you know? 100%. Yeah. It's debuting at Cannes in May. So very soon we're going to have an early indication on what the movie's like and how good it is and whatnot. Uh, releases in October officially. Um, it debuts on Apple. I think it's their highest budgeted movie at $200 million. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we found out that the runtime is nearly four hours long. So should they cut the film down or leave it at the near four, four hour mark? Seems like a Scorsese special to have long run times. You know? Yeah, it does. It. The Irishman was very close to that. And mm. um, Wolf of Wall Street was very long as well. That's That was his previous two films. Yeah. Um, I guess if it, it's justified in its story and the way it tells its story it to mm. be close to that mark, yeah. then absolutely. It, Keep it up close to that four hour mark. Yeah. But if it's just like um, meaningless scenes, just because um, Scorsese doesn't know mm. what he wants to cut out or not, then yeah. it definitely should be below. But mm. I think just Wolf of Wall Street, um, because I can barely remember the Irishman. <laughs> yeah. um, but based on Wolf of Wall Street, that was a long film, but every scene mm. was entertaining or it served a purpose to the story. Yeah. So that runtime is justified. So mm. I hope it's Martin Scorsese. We can trust him. And yeah. it's pretty much like Christopher Nolan. Whatever he gives you, you can just trust that it's going to be quality. Yeah. Regardless of runtime. And that's what we're going to probably get here as well. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think Wolf of Wall Street was around like 2 hours and 45. Yeah. Still really long. Quite long. But yeah, Irishman. I don't remember anything about The Irishman. That movie was very long. Um, and so I would actually argue the opposite. I think this should be trimmed down. Um, I don't think there is... If you're making a movie and it needs to be nearly four hours, then don't make the movie. I, I just think that's plain and simple. I mean, it's not the fact... I'm not denying the fact that whatever he gives you is going to be quality. We know it is. Every, every frame and the story is just going to be good throughout it. I, I know that much, but... You got to think about it from the audience perspective and most audience members say 97% do not want to watch a nearly four hour movie and that they can say they will, but then they, they got to go to the bathroom during it. They got to do all the stuff. Everyone lives busy lives. That's a lot of time to take out of your day. Yeah. Um, and you know, to cut it down to around that three hour mark is probably the best bet. I think three hours is, too long for a movie but some movies do justify it but i don't think much movies justify nearly four hours this is the kind of stuff you hear for like 
oh, the original cut was four hours long. Oh, and, yeah, like uh, director cuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're always like that. And just release it a few months after the actual release if it needs to be there. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm a little bit torn because you are right. I, I trust Scorsese and his vision and what he does and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, still looking forward to it regardless. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that runtime will stick. Um, I guess we'll see after Cairns. After Cairns will probably judge people's... Um, Reactions they to might it edit it, yeah. And edit it. Oh, there was a movie that did that recently. I forgot what it was, but yeah, but it was too long, and people complained about it being too long, and then they they cut like so much out of it, and then no one liked it. Yeah, I kind of yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. I don't know the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aquaman. I think it was recently. Aquaman. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Aquaman. <laughs> All right, um, we're gonna discuss our phase three and four list. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. What me and Nan have done here is we write down our own personal list on the top movies from Phase 3 and Phase 4 of the MCU, and then we just collate those lists together. We use math to do it. So you know math. it's accurate. Math. Math. Yeah. So you know it's accurate. You know this, this list is right. It's objective. And, you know, if you don't agree with it, then you should change your opinion because you are wrong. 100%. <laughs> and if you can't detect yeah. sar- sarcasm, you definitely should <laughs> check yourself. <laughs> We're going to start with the GOAT phase, go, uh, phase three. I nearly said phase four there for a second. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so number one from phase three, Avengers Infinity War. Second, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Third, Avengers Endgame. Fourth, Black Panther. Fifth, Captain America Civil War. Sixth, Spider-Man Homecoming. Seventh, Thor Ragnarok. Eighth, Doctor Strange. Ninth, Captain Marvel. Tenth, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Eleventh, Spider-Man Far From Home. That was a mouthful. Um, anything interesting here stick out to you from the, our list? Absolutely not. I think that is a very good list. Mm. I mean, there are probably a lot of people that say, oh, Endgame should be higher. Yeah. Nah. We all know Infinity War is probably the better film of those two and probably one of the best films in the MCU as a whole. Infinity War? It, yeah. yeah. I mean, it just set up every, like, that Infinity War was literally the film that they built towards for 10, for 10 years. And mm. then Endgame was just, you know. Finished it off. Just finished it off, you yeah. know. I mean, you can't really have Infinity War. You can't really have Endgame without Infinity War. Mm. But you can sort of have it the other way around. Yeah. <clears throat> For sure, yeah. Mm. I, would, I would actually have Endgame lower than this, to be honest. I'd have it in the top five for sure, but I'd have Black Panther at third. Um, I think that movie is extremely good. Um, definitely, probably top five for MCU for me. Yeah. Um, at least top six. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I came out of that movie and I loved it. And then a week later, I didn't like it. And then I hated it. Then I rewatched it and I loved it again. Um, <laughs> Rollercoaster of uh, Yeah, man. Oh, that, that was a tough, tough, tough few months for me. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if that is second over these. Um, I, don't, I know people won't agree with it, it being second either, especially yeah. above Endgame, especially above Black Panther. Yeah. Perhaps even Civil War. But yeah. Infinity War, I think a lot of people are starting to actually understand that that movie is better than Endgame. Endgame, as emotionally satisfying as it is, it's a mess. It's, it's all over the place. And 
you know, there's so many questions on how, how did that happen? Is that possible? Like, what's going on? It's mainly like fan service sort of film. It, it was, yeah, it did lean heavily into that. And we had some great scenes in that for sure. But Infinity War is just, it, the tensions are constantly rising in it. It's structured so well. The pacing, the pacing is so good in Infinity War. Yeah. Like the opening 30 minutes, you're like, oh, you're just getting so excited. Like everything's and going then, down. And then when it ends, you're like, the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a great time to be a fan in the MCU. 100%. Unlike now. Um, <laughs> always have to throw those digs in it in the MCU. Yeah. And obviously the bottom of the barrel, Far From Home. People won't agree with that. I know some people like Far From Home. But that movie does a massive disservice to the character. That Especially. You know I hate that movie with a passion. Because <laughs> what did that follow? That followed Infinity War? Yeah. That was the final movie of Phase 3 mm. for some reason. Should have started Phase 4. but Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, did you have that on your lowest for phase three? Do you remember? Uh, no, I cannot. If it would either be Far From Home or Ant-Man or Captain Ant-Man. Marvel. Yeah. It'd be one of those three, but I can't, can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> Good old Ant-Man, <laughs> eh? All right. Well, yeah. Best phase for MCU, I'd say. Did you say that too? Yeah, I would. I'd agree. Yeah. Mm. Now we're going to move on to the clown phase. <laughs> <laughs> phase four. Um, number one, Spider-Man No Way Home. So go some last to first, <laughs> Spidey. Uh, second is Loki. Third, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Fourth is Division. Fifth is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Sixth is Moon Knight. Seventh is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Eighth is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Ninth is What If. Tenth is Black Widow. Eleventh is Eternals. Twelfth, Hawkeye. And thirteenth is Thor, Love, and Thunder. Anything? Is this, is this a perfect list to you? As perfect as, as it could get. I think that top five is locked and that bottom three is locked as well. If anything, I'd have what if a bit lower. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is pretty much the phase of disappointment. I mean, we don't even have Miss Marvel or She Hulk in here because we just didn't want to watch it or didn't have time to watch it. Didn't have time, yeah. Um, but you could just judging on people's reactions to She Hulk at least uh, in the CGI, and that will probably be contending with Thor. the bottoms. Yeah, yeah. Um, Miss Marvel will probably be more in the mid. Yeah. Um, sort of thing. I I think Doctor Strange. If you didn't have like Love and Thunder, Hawk, those TV series, I think Doctor Strange would be mm. lo- way lower just because of yeah. the stuff it promised. But just mm. huge disappointment. Yeah, I don't think Doctor Strange is one of those movies where you look at it and it's like, oh, that was the worst of the phase three. I think it's the most disappointing of the phase. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel that is like the Civil War of Phase Four. You know. Meant to be. Meant to be, yeah. Yeah. Especially because it, the multiverse, it's, this, we're in the multiverse saga, and you have your title as Multiverse of Madness. You expect it to be Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. Not just jump through a bunch of multiverses and then go to a multiverse where green means stop and red means go, yeah. traffic lights. So dumb. So creative, man. Just, oh, I don't know how they even thought of that. Luma Wadi. Oh, yeah, it, it just keeps getting worse. Um, 
But yeah, I, I, like you said, those top five are pretty much locked. And those the bottom eight, I don't care about any single one of them. I didn't even finish Moon Knight. I, I just didn't care about it But by the end of it. I tried. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, it's perfectly fine. That's all it is. Um, it was just based on the emotion of Jack, yeah. really. If anything, I'd have Eternals up to like seventh. And then maybe it's hated on way too much. Um, just because I think it has more of a cinematic quality than, you know, than most of the other movies here. In terms of visual effects, it might even be the best out of all of them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anything that had better visual effects no. than Eternals from this. Um, yeah, and Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to say on that one. Everyone's already said it for us. Yeah. But we're going to move on to some more MCU goodness. Or is it? Um, hopefully. Hopefully. The savior of the MCU is coming. And his name is James Gunn, and he's coming with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It is going to be his last entry in the MCU before he diverts to the DCU. So um, I think we'll start for a good MCU movie right now, and I believe this is the one that's going to be that for us. Um, so we're going to predict the box office for Guardians of the Galaxy, which releases in a month's time. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I've written an article, you know, predicting this movie already, and I predicted that it would be around four hundred and five million domestically and worldwide. I don't think this reaches a billion. I think this is around nine hundred sixty million. Um, that's because Gun to the Galaxy has never been um, good at the international box office. Um, it's only ever made around like thirty, thirty to forty million more than. The domestic box office. So, if if you're gonna ba- if it's gonna be like that again, then it needs to make at least like 470 million domestically, which it seems far too far, like far away. Like, yeah, Black Panther didn't do it, Doctor Strange didn't do it. It, it would be tough, but I th- I think it might be. And I, I I'm not saying it's out of the realm of a billion yet because Guardians one and two debuted before. Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. Once the world saw, and those are both $2 billion movies, so everyone's pretty much seen it. But once the world saw that Guardians of the Galaxy was truly well on a part of the MCU, they might view the Guardians of the Galaxy differently now. Yeah. So there is potential to get a billion there. But also the MCU is not doing so well in terms of reputation. And we saw it with Ant-Man, it dropped off like a brick after its opening weekend. Um, so yeah, can this reach a billion? Can it reach a billion? Yeah. I think it can. Will it? But will it? Nah. No. I don't think it will. I think you're you're right in that 900 mm. million mark. Yeah. If it does reach a billion, the only reason why it reaches a billion is because it's a fantastic film. Mm. But if it's just... You know, standing like Guardians Two, sort of quality. Yeah, um, we won't really see see it reach those heights. It'll, it'll, and if it does, it'll be like just over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Guardians have spawned a, is pretty much its own franchise. It's if there wasn't for this film, then there wouldn't be that game. Mm. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy on PlayStation. There wouldn't also be um spinoffs or like holiday specials. Yeah. Um. So clearly, people care about the Guardians. Yeah. Um, so hopefully they care enough to go see this and hopefully 
hit that one billion after since yeah. uh, No Way Home. It would definitely need China to get to one billion, I think. Was the first two big there? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I'd have to double check that. But yeah, they, they haven't been good internationally ever. And the only movie to make less than 500 million internationally and get a billion dollars is The Dark Knight. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that took months. I remember that released in 2008. Yeah. And that's, that's since I, I've been following the box office. I started following it a few weeks before The Dark Knight came out because I saw its box office and was like, oh my gosh, it's so much money. Um, it's a fun little fact. So I've been following it for a really long time. Um, and I always, I, I loved The Dark Knight. I think I saw it around like seven or eight times in theaters. And I saw it at like the 990 mark and I was just like, checking every day to get to a billion, get to a billion. And it just edged across. I think it's like over by like $6,000. I thought it was like 1.08 or something. It's like 006. Yeah. 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 It's, it's so, it's, it's like, it just like. They just need to re-release it. Yeah. Even though there's a Batman from re-release it. It's still over a billion dollars and that's what matters. Um, But yeah, no, I think, yeah, Guardians is going to be huge in determining like where we are with all where casual movie movie guys are with superhero movies because you know we're like just look at the past month man we had creed 3 a sports movie 58 million opening and then we had scream horror thriller movie open to 44 million we had john wick and an action nearly three hour action r-rated movie 73 million shazam only 30 million and then ant-man opened well but then dropped off we're gonna make less than 500 million and there's only been three other movies that have made less than 500 million in the MCU. And that is uh, the first Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, and the Incredible Hulk. And if you adjust for it, uh, inflation, uh, Thor is easily over 500 million. And I thought Black Widow was under because it really streamed COVID. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm not going to count any. I'm not uh, going to count uh, Black strong. Widow, Eternals, or Shang-Chi. That's just not fair. Um, That's they they would have made over. Marvel had the decision to delay both all those films. They kept delaying it. <laughs> uh, well, we were going to talk about delays in the MCU and why they happen, and just a little bit anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's going to be very interesting. But you and I are both looking forward to getting so. The, yeah, the quality of the movie matters more than the box office performance. Um, another movie we're looking forward to, Asteroid City. Yeah, it was yeah. number eight on my most anticipated for this year. It was yeah. either eight or seven, I can't remember. Or it mm. might be six. Yeah. It's quite high. Quite high. I think I added my honorable mentions. I couldn't fit it in the top ten. <laughs> and I'm regretting it because the trailer just released. Not just released. It released like oh, about four, five days ago now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's due to debut at the Keynes Film Festival. Just already looking stacked. Um, so yeah, no, they released the first trailer. You've seen it. It's one of your most anticipated for the year. What do you think of it? And are you more excited now? I'm 100% more excited. I mean, I think on my most anticipated list, I had both of the R.B. Sanderson's films there. Um, I had yeah. Asteroid City on the main 10, and then mm. the other one, I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> on the honorable mention, and he forgot it. Yeah, and I, I said on this podcast and to you personally, like I really enjoy Wes Anderson films. Mm. I've seen pretty much, no, in fact, I have seen every single one of his films as well. Um, just yeah. I like his direction and the way he shoots things and everything. It just looks aesthetically pleasing. Oh yeah. And and in the trailer, yeah, oh, sorry, before I even get to that, even the like music, the score that accompanies it, it like 
Wes Anderson has his own like sort of, you, you just, I hope people know what I'm going to talk about here, <laughs> but it's like Wes Anderson sort of sound. Yeah. You know, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to articulate. Yeah. Um, but in that trailer, you just get all of that. You get like that Wes Anderson mm. score sound. You get like yeah. those perfectly framed mm. shots and everything. And even yeah. the story concept seems so interesting as yeah. well. Yeah. So fuck yeah. Excited for it. Yeah, man. No, I'm I'm right with you there. This movie, uh it looks it looks great. It looks like a a contender to uh be better than the Grand Budapest Hotel, which I think is his best movie. By a decent margin, that movie is just splendid. It's great, and this movie looks exactly like that. You're right. The Wes Anderson directing style is, it's you know just, yeah, it's so aesthetically pleasing, and it's just so nice on the eyes. And the dialogue just has like a, a certain like melody and and quippiness to it, and it's just it's, it's it's quick and it's yeah. It's subtle with its humor, um, and I get what you mean with the the score side of it. It's just like Wes Anderson's style is so ingrained in the film that it even covers how it sounds. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like Nolan, how his like music and that it's kind of like real larger than life kind of sounds to it. So I, I know what you mean by that, and yeah, from the trailer you definitely get the sense of that. I think the concept in the movie is probably the thing that really really got me excited. Um, yeah, I just think to have that concept that's in the trailer and just put it into a Wes Anderson blender, blender yeah. it's, it's just going to be nice. And obviously the cast is just, it's All great. Stack, like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I, I love these kind of movies where it's just, you got all these A-listers there and stuff like that. And half of them are only going to be in the film for like a minute or less. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have like your main four mm. or five and then yeah. all the rest is just going to be like not even supporting, just... You always have some like, um, not not little, but like some unknown up-and-coming actors, kind of like the lead. Yeah. And, you know, that's what it was in the Grand Budapest Hotel with Tony Rivoli. Is that his name? I don't know, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays Flash in a Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. So that was before he became... Uh, Flash, um, not the Flash. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, he'll be. I'd still rate him as the Flash over the current <laughs> Flash that we have. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, this movie is going to be great, and I think we're going to get a really good indication from Cannes Film Festival in terms of where this matches in terms of you know Wes Anderson's already impressive like resume. Like, yeah, yeah. we're we're big fans of his work, so you know this is going to be a one that we're really looking forward to. I don't know when it comes out publicly to us, though, so I'm hoping it's sooner rather than later. Me too. Yeah. I hope it's not like October, like Kills of the Film Moon. I hope it's like, when did Dispatch release? It released around about that June, July mark, did it? Or was it more August? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could get it in the New Zealand International Film Festival. Oh, uh, yeah, we could. Yeah, but our film festivals are never that good. Uh, you get like one. No, no offense to them. Uh, <laughs> they try their best. We're just New Zealand, though. So, like, they got to really compete to get those kind of movies. Um, oh, 22nd of June. Um, oh, yes. Just look that up. So, that is before our film festival. So, yeah, we're going to. That's a stacked month then. Wow. June's looking good. June is looking good. Yeah. You know, you got The Flash, Indiana Jones, Elemental, Strays. 
Yeah. Asteroid City. And then it leads into July with your Barbie, your Oppenheimer, your Mission Impossible. Oh, Mission Impossible as well. I always forget Mission Impossible is a week before. <laughs> that, that two weeks, man. Oh. oh, I'm looking forward to the next three months. <laughs> oh, this is good. Yeah. I, ho- I, hope, I truly hope it gets really good reviews uh, prior to its release. Um, but yeah, now, now we're going to talk about Victoria Alonso. Now, this is one that I've been circulate, uh, seen circulating quite a bit recently. There's been a lot of discussion, speculation, and you know, discourse about uh, what's happening, what this means, what are the ramifications for it. And so Victoria Alonso, she's been booted from Disney. So now, uh, I would describe her as the kind of... Well, she's a Marvel executive, kind of second, second in command, or second most important in terms of the MCU functioning, I'd say. Mm. Um, yeah, but she, she's been a huge part of the MCU ever since the first Iron Man. Uh, she's produced every single Marvel movie. So she's a massive figure in it. Um, and yeah, she she was Marvel's VFX and post-production president. Um, and so the reason for her firing got everyone like, oh, what, what's happened? Like, well, what's, what's going on? Because, you know, she's been there for like, how long has it been? 15 years. 2008. Yeah, yeah, around, yeah, 15 years. So it's been a long time. So why are they firing her? Um, well, it's not due to VFX issues. Um, <laughs> and, and people were thinking that because the VFX have been dog shit. And Hell yeah. there's been like a lot of all those complaints about over overworking the staff and all this kind of stuff and not meeting deadlines and whatnot. Um, yeah, and it's not about the quality of the movies either. What really happened, and the Hollywood Reporter is the one that announced this, um, she recently produced a film called Argentina 1985. That was nominated for Best International Feature uh, for the for the past Oscars that just, that just went by. Um, and so for the Oscars, she showed up with the you know Argentina 1985 crew and for that movie, while she didn't show up for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Now, Argentina in 1985, this is why it's an issue, is because that movie is produced by Amazon. And so she's in a full-time executive position with Disney. So it's a breach of her contract because, you know, like they pay her full-time and she works with them. She can't go and like make a movie f- with her competitor, with their competitors, you know? Yeah. So you, can, so you can understand why Disney would be angry about this. And further to that, Disney warned her about you know, about this several times because they knew about it before she officially got involved with that film. And so they're like, no, 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 it's a breach contract. You can't do that. And she's like, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, but yeah, no, so they're fired her now. And now Alonzo's lawyers, uh, they're going to sue Disney for this. And the lawyer claims that, you know, the Walt Disney Company, they're facing serious consequences and that there is a lot more to this, you know, to the story. Like, that's to come. So it could get quite interesting and it could have quite big ramifications because this is a large role to yeah. fill up in terms of the MCU. Um, and I was reading an article by Deadline recently and Deadline, they were told um, that, you know, Al- Alonzo, she was uh, challenging to work with um, at, at Disney. Um, and, you know, one in- insider there, they cited how you know Alonzo would take days off to conduct her own personal affairs, such as like reading, producing this movie, for example, and you know it resulted in, to, to some degree, 
the you know flooding of all these Marvel movies and TV series, like pushing them back and then having to stack them. So you're getting one thing every month and stuff like that. Yeah. That was part of the reason. And so her involvement, she was significant in causing like major theatrical release date delays. So I think all these things kind of boiled up to really Disney had no choice and they had to cut her off and be like, no, you're done. Um, so yeah, what are your thoughts on this massive figure for the MCU, um, you know, being fired and do you think this is going to have an effect on the MCU moving forward? Uh, to answer your second question, I don't think it will. Mm. I mean, it's just pretty much, you know, next man up mentality. And I think Marvel's a juggernaut on its own. Mm. Kevin Feige can leave. Sure, the quality won't be yeah. as good or the, what's the word? The the planning mm. of the phases. Vision, yeah. Direction, vision won't yeah. be as good, but will still be there and will still be a juggernaut, mm. regardless who's in charge and who's pulling the strings. Yeah. Um, I had to take a breath because I was talking for quite a while. You were talking for quite a while. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms of someone being, they, they are a big figure, but they're not like Kevin Feige sort of level. That would be huge. That that would be huge. Like yeah. if it's Kevin Feige, that'd be huge because that's like that's literally your puppet master. Yeah, um, yeah. Waving. But this is um more of a I want to say smaller role, but smaller role in terms of mm. how big it is. Yeah. Um, I guess a visual effects team can breathe a sigh of relief mm. that they're not um you know under the thumb so often being worked under pressure. Yeah. So hopefully this means that we'll get better looking, visually looking mm. quality from the MCU moving forward. I I'll, hope so. I'd probably say we won't see it until phase five actually kicks off. Properly. Yeah. Mm. Um, that's probably when we'll start to notice, um, like hopefully the rise and the enhancements in uh, the quality of the films. I'm yeah. just trying to read what your first question was. No, yeah, it was. Uh, what, um, what are my thoughts? I yeah, I'm just, yeah, Alonzo being fired and her actions and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I think I understand why she got fired. Yeah. Um, it is a breach of contract, but then. But it is like such a small thing as well mm. to like get fired over. Yeah. Um, and especially if Disney warned her, like, don't do this, like, you can there's gonna be consequences. If she ignore that, then she's just a fucking idiot. It's a name way to put it. <laughs> I mean I mean you were warned mm. not to do it. Yeah. And you were warned of the ramifications and you go ahead and do it and then you wanna sue the company that told you not to do it because it's in breach. Yeah. Fucking idiot, you know, like Yeah. God, I mean, it's like, how many times can you be told not to do something? Yeah. To like sink in. Especially if it, you know, it's a breach contracting. You sign a contract, both parties sign it. So it makes sense on Disney's part, and I get it. Uh, in terms of, you know, the implications this has on the MCU, I think you're right to a degree where it may not have a major. Uh, it's not Kevin Feige going, of course, but I do believe that. This will change. Um, it will change some things. I think it may change the, the culture of the MCU staff. And you know, from all these reports we're seeing, it's the culture's not doing good. You know, everyone's overworked. It's too much. And so, if they, you know, they bring in someone that's good at juggling personalities and stuff like that, there may be a culture shift, and we may start getting like some good movies coming from that because you know, happier, happier employees produce. Yeah. I'm going to produce better movies. It's just kind of like all workplaces, really. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think in terms of visual effects and you know her work and that, I we don't know how involved she is with that stuff. But you know, you 
there's a chance they could bring in someone that's like not as lenient and like, no, this looks like a PS2 game. We need to improve. <laughs> not just, oh, yep, okay, we're, we're a week late. Like, yep, that's good enough. Like, no. Um, I hope they bring in someone that can be like, this is too much content. I only have this amount of staff. They can't do it. Push back the movies. They'll stop that movie. We can't do it or it's going to look like this kind of yeah. thing. So we'll see what happens. There's more to the story apparently. So if, you know, if Disney, if it does go to court and Disney gets sued, that could be very interesting. It would, yeah. Yeah, especially, you know. Just... They'll have to have a good argument for a breach of contract suit. Yeah. And it's funny you're seeing like all this stuff about how, you know, Alonzo was like challenging to work with and stuff and then appeared with, you know, this recent news of Jonathan Majors that there's still more story to come about that. Like, MCU, man, this, uh, it, it's, it could implode, eh? It's getting very DC, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the way to put it, yeah. No, it is getting, it is getting DC. Um, but yeah, I hope that Disney can, uh, fix whatever's going on pretty soon. Yeah. Um, we're gonna jump on over to DC and, as they're paving a new road for themselves. One of their good successes lately, the Batman movie, a movie we both loved and 100%. will likely be in my top 10 for the year. Maybe your top 10. I'm not too sure. No, I um, think I might have honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, which we're still yet to do top 10. We're going to be doing in a couple of weeks. We just need to make sure that we've seen as much as we can see before doing that list. Um, so that'll be one of our episodes. Um, yeah. We've gotten some news about the Batman uh, sequel. Oh, I thought it was called Batman. It's not called Batman Part 2, eh? Is there a name for it yet? I think it's a rumor title. Yeah. Batman Part 2. Yeah. Anyway, Clayface is, has been, I want to say announced, but he's been rumored to be a part of it because this report came from, um, I think it was Deadline. Um, and they were reporting that Mike Flanagan had pitched a Clayface movie to Warner Brothers. Um, and I know James Gunn and Haslev, David Haslev, um, they, they, they didn't reject it immediately. Like They're still thinking about that pitch. But Deadline also reported that they have knowledge that Clayface is meant to be have a big part in the Batman uh, sequel. So... I don't know if he'll be because he's going to be like the main villain, but he's definitely going to be there. What are your thoughts about Clayface making an appearance? I'm excited. Clayface yeah. is like a big Batman villain as well. And um, I guess it's it's a refreshing villain to see on screen because when was the last time you saw a new Batman villain in a movie? Riddler? No, because Jim Carrey replaces him. Well, okay, Ages ago, though. Like, Doesn't matter. It's still like a fresh character that, that we haven't seen before. Clayface portrayed. was in a Batman movie. What? Like a Batman movie. That doesn't count. How does it not count? You can't. <laughs> it's not live action. <laughs> Absolutely does not count, moron. <laughs> Fucking hell. Let me Sorry. rephrase that then. We haven't seen him in a live action. Okay, okay. You got me there. You got me there. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> but yeah, I, me personally from um, Batman 2, I would have liked to see um, Mr. Freeze done right um that's why i would have been my pick for um the villain mm. but clay faces a great great payoff i yeah. i don't know how he's going to fit in the 
the very serious uh, Rowan Patterson role. Definitely. Um, I don't know if it's going to be the full-on clay face or if it'll just be something similar to, like, you know, the Sandman where he's human and then... Oh, I thought you said Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no yeah. it's Sandman where he's human and then he, like, gets caught up in stuff and then you get that... It's a tragic here. story, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so I'll be very intrigued to see how Matt Reeves pulls it off. Mm. I think he can do it very well, and I think he can definitely bring Clareface into this Pattinson yeah. world. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I'm hyped for it. I don't hate this news. I love it. Mm. Yeah, I I agree with half of what you're saying. I agree with the <laughs> the half that Matt Reeves can do this and will do it justice. Um, I do I do believe Matt Reeves is the kind of director that can translate a lot of things into into you know the world that he's developing right now um so regardless i am excited but i don't, I don't like the pick of clayface being there because you did mention it how he fits into that world yeah. it's you know it's a supernatural kind of character yeah character um in a world that's you know not very supernatural um you know, they none of the characters that we saw in the Batman were remotely like I don't know supernatural in a way or um, unrealistic. They're all grounded in reality a lot. Clayface, I don't know how you have put that into that world um, in in a way that doesn't break what the first movie did. Mm. I would have preferred to have seen not the Joker, obviously, because we've seen enough of him and he's already in. Yeah, in it. Um, but you know, stuff like Two Face, Hugo Strange, Hush, even you know, characters like that, that you can put them in reality. Scarecrow, like a good, like a yeah, like a really like detailed one. Deathstroke as well. Deathstroke, yeah, especially when it comes to you know hand to hand combat with Deathstroke, I think that could be really interesting for action set pieces, but. Yeah, those kind of characters where you can build them into reality, into yeah, into a realistic environment, and have it be a lot more psychological as well. I think Clayface he's more he's more of just kind of a brute force thing. I just yeah. click, sorry, I just clicked. No, I don't want to see Mister Freeze. I want to see the Quarter Owls. Quarter Owls. Oh, you did say Mister Freeze. Yeah. Yeah, but I think before who's who's in the Quarter Owls? It's like this organization sort of. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah, it's yeah. not like one particular person. Is it a bunch of like his villains or just no, like an organization? It's just an organization. Like the table or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. oh, right. But they like push him to his limits and stuff. Oh, that would be cool. Um I don't know if I've talked to you about this idea before, but I want um yeah, the Batman to be dropped into like the raid. You know the movie The Raid? Oh, yeah, you're telling us. Yeah, yeah, and he's he can't escape. It's kind of like Arkham Asylum, you know, where he's stuck in the prison. Yeah. And he has to just go through everyone and just make it just make it like John Wick, just <laughs> pure action all the way. Have some kind of story to it. Um at least at least make like the middle part of the movie just him having to go through all these villains and like stuff. I think that would be fucking sick. Um that would be, be a good way to like check off a lot of villains as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I can dream. <laughs> I can dream, but I think you and I, uh, you know, we may have different opinions about it, but I think we're both really looking forward to the Batman and we trust Matt Reeves with whatever he decides. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of John Wick, actually, 
so, you know, we recently saw John Wick and I'm going to spoil the ending here. Mm-hmm. Now, it's been out for two weeks. So I think it's a, it's a good enough timeline now. If you haven't seen John Wick, pause the podcast, skip over about four, five minutes and then, um, yeah, continue listening. But we, we're going to talk about kind of the ending of John Wick 4. Um, so at the end of it, he apparently dies. Um, and I thought it was extremely under, underwhelming yeah. because it, it, it felt like he was just going to come back or like, I thought that in the last scene of the movie, it's going to be like, he's going to appear like watching his own funeral or, and then they're like, oh, you got nothing, something else. And he's like, yeah, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Classic uh, John Wick. Yeah, exactly. And then, no, he, he dies. And then I read that uh, the director's like, no, yeah, we're going to take a break from watching these John Wick movies. That, that was the last one. It's like, oh, oh, okay. That definitely didn't feel like it. And I want to actually say goodbye to the franchise like properly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, did you feel the same way with John Wick 4? Yeah, I, I I mean, to be fair, he went through a lot in that film. I'm like, how how are you not he not dead? He should have died on the third one and he jumped to that <laughs> building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, uh, it, it was abrupt for me. It didn't really have an emotional payoff mm, as like exactly. as like James Bond did. Like, yeah. you know, I was building towards that moment, yeah, that man. sacrifice. Oh, that is, yeah, great, but, great stuff, yeah. But you didn't really see it in this. It was just like he got shot, he sat on the steps and then... And then he like sort of fell asleep, but you don't know if he just passed out or died. Yeah, and then I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And then the next scene was his funeral, and just like, oh, okay. Yeah. And like he was with people as well. What what's his Winston? Like yeah. we could have at least gotten like a shot of like Winston running down the stairs and checking his pulse. That would have given him like a good indication of like, oh shit, he's gonna be dead yeah. or dying. And then the next scene, mm. he's dead. That would that would have a lot more emotional weight than what we saw. Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh man, you take me back to the No Time to Die. That that hit me that scene. And <laughs> you're not even a James Bond fan. Yeah, I mean, I like those movies, but I'm not like a I'm like a fan of it. I'll watch them and I'll enjoy them. Yeah. Um, they're just so hard to miss for me. Um, but yeah, no, I, I watched that, and yeah, it was emotional and it was very satisfying. Um, and so if you had that in this movie, man, I would have loved John Wick Four so much more. And I would have been happy if they just left it there and done. But if they're going to do this, then they, yeah, I think they needed to wrap things up properly. Um, but yeah, so John Wick 4 did uh, amazing at the box office. We covered it last week. It opened up huge. And now Lionsgate, hey, they're like, hey, you know, like, let's do John Wick 5. So, you know, Typical. money and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Lionsgate, I think there are any other good franchises, the Hunger Games, and even then, that's still not, miss. Yeah, it's still great. Yeah. Scraping at the bottom of the barrel with that franchise. But yeah, John Wick 5 is now being considered because of just how dominant it was at the box office. And yeah, so we know that it's going to be for money now. Do you want them to do John Wick 5, or should they leave this at where they're at? I mean, I wouldn't complain about seeing another John Wick, to be honest. I yeah. Mean, it's it's always entertaining. It's a visual spectacle. Mm. And it's just great action movie fun. Yeah. Um, the way that the fourth film ended, I don't really want to see another John Wick. I'm more mm. than happy to see um, Ballerina, the Anna Diana spinoff. Yeah. And explore that a lot more. Yeah. Um, oh, damn, I had a whole lot to say. 
Oh yeah, that's right. I think the only reason why this got announced was because of the opening weekend. Yeah, I definitely think it came if, after that. So yeah. yeah, I think if they waited for this weekend, then they're like, oh okay, maybe not. Oh yeah, so I might, I might halt them on their decisions. Be like, oh, because I think yeah. this weekend, because the first weekend is like a, you always know it's going to perform well, even if yeah. it overperforms. You're like, awesome, where we built this franchise over three films and a yeah. of like our success. Cool. The second week is really the week where. You know, it's make or break for a franchise whether you want to continue or not. Yeah. I mean, if it dropped and ended up making like 40 to 30 million, I'll be on board with the idea. But like, it's a mm. good decision or not a good decision, but it's like a justifiable decision. Yeah. You know, it, it backed up its first week with a solid second week. Mm. Um, but because it made, oh, I can't remember, 28 million. 28, yeah, yeah, yeah. 28 yep. million. That's a huge drop from 70. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, 62%. So I definitely think um, Lionsgate jumped the gun a lot in this. Mm. Uh, News. Well, they haven't I mean, officially announced. Yeah, it yet. I, I know. Yeah. yeah. So, so they can easily just be like, "Ha ha, April Fools." <laughs> yeah. They they literally could be like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But mm. um. Yeah. In terms of John McFarlane, I don't want to see it. I'm happy with um, Chad Stileski. So yeah. his last name. Yeah. I know he wanted to talk about having a break. I'm more than happy for him to have like a break, three, four years, and then come back and revisit this franchise again. Mm. That'd be good because then John Wick would be out of the minds. Yeah. Of a lot of people, ballerina would be you know, that self-sustaining franchise and mm. then we'll be like, oh shit, John Wick is here. Yeah. They could, yeah, they could do a yeah. crossover and a team up movie kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm on the other side of this. I, I want them to, to have an actual farewell to John Wick. I just, yeah, I can't believe how, you know, unceremonious it was. Um, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't feel like that franchise is over. It's like, they kind of just, it feels like it's just begun. Yeah. Um, cause I went through a lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I in terms of the box office, it's yeah, it dropped heavy. It can still sustain itself. It has no competition coming up to Guardians. Um, you know, it's good word of mouth. But if it drops over fifty percent next weekend, it's like okay, yeah, this is these are sharp drops because the first or the first or the second weekend drop, it's always going to be the largest one for a, a movie's run, unless it's like Shazam. Ugh. <laughs> but no, not even that. Not even that did that. That dropped forty nine percent in its yeah. third weekend. So if John Wick is dropping over fifty percent next weekend, it's like okay, yep, this is this is not good. Um, but yeah, I only want them to make it if there's an actual story here, not because you want to make another seventy million dollars opening weekend kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, that that's my take on it. Um. All right. We're back to the MCU. <laughs> Right. Uh, <laughs> hey, mate, you chose these topics. <laughs> well, you kind of have to talk about a topic like this because we're talking about an MCU series, and the MCU series is called Secret Invasion. You know this comic book storyline. Oh, hell yeah. You know this is a massive storyline in Marvel comics. Well, one that's definitely, it's either its own phase or its own movie, but not a series. But Exactly, which yeah. is why I have to bring up, the, bring up this topic. This was never in the topics, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, the trailer just came out for it. Um, and you know, we watched it together cause I, I waited till you got here and, um, yeah. What are your thoughts on the trailer? And you're much more well-versed in the comic book aspect of it. Can it live up to that comic book storyline for you? <laughs> you got to think about this one. <laughs> I mean... Only Civil War to some degree and the Infinity Saga sort of lived up in terms 
just strictly Marvel here. Mm. Um, lived up in terms of it being probably not as good, but just as good mm. as the comic book. Yeah. Um, Secret Evasion is a it's a huge one. Yeah. And the fact they're doing it in the series, that's cool. I don't know the episode length. I'm going to assume it's eight to ten. Let's assume that they're an hour each. That's ten hours. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I could see it. Mm. But um, I definitely think this deserved its own, not quite saga, but at least its own phase. Yeah, like an Avengers film to end it off kind of thing. Yeah, so sort of like the yeah. first Avengers, you know, how it was like the Loki phase, and then they moved away from that. Yeah, and started sort of. building like things, yeah. Yeah, so I would have liked it to see an entire phase being built around to this mm. particular storyline. Um, but hey, the mm. the... From after watching that trailer, I thought it looked really good. Yeah, you like it, the trailer? It's yeah. definitely what the MCU needs right now, which is like a dark and sort of gritty, something that has stakes for characters. Yeah. I mean, I know we were promised that in trailers before, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm hoping this is different because if they Marvel fucks us off up, then I'm off that. I'm I'm done with Marvel, really. <laughs> oh, that's a big call. <laughs> what if Guardians 3 is really good? Because that drops before it. Yeah, but that's like one film, but to like fuck up like an iconic storyline is yeah, yeah. Would, would leave a sour taste in a lot of comic book people's mouths. Yeah. Um, that's read the book for a start. Mm. Um, but yeah, but yeah, back to the seriousness of that thing. It gave me real like civ- uh, not Civil War, uh, Winter Soldier vibes. Yeah. yeah. You know, that dark, there's not going to be that much humor in it. So I mm. sort of hope it keeps a consistency and has those stakes. Yep. How much I think it will, I think hopefully this is like the end of. Um, what's his face? Nick Fury. Boom, that's one. That's Nick Fury's one. character. Yeah. Have someone else to lead the mm. um, Avengers now. I think yeah. also Samuel Jackson's getting off that age where you can't really expect him to be in these sort of films anymore. At least not in the physical kind of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, the, this trailer looked fantastic. That score was in, really made it intense. <laughs> yeah. And I really hope like they, that's not just trailer music, but like they actually incorporate yeah. That score into the film, mm. oh, not film series, but <laughs> yeah, I am looking forward to it. I mm. do, as I said before, I did hope it was its own phase, but hey, a TV series is good enough, I guess. Yeah, um, with uh, you know, Secret Invasion, do is it like the characters that are fighting the Skrulls are they Avengers, like are they superheroes, or are they? Side characters like Maria and Nick Fury, and this, this seems like all the human, non superpowered people in this. Oh, I've read it so long ago, I can barely remember it. Um, I'm pretty sure there was a few Avengers on there. Mm, yeah, because it doesn't feel like something where it's just have you all the all these side human characters yeah. coming together. And I scroll scroll wars is a big one, and this is mm. set like Secret Invasion seems very similar to. Scroll Wars and Scroll Wars was like a full on like Avenger level yeah. book. Mm. And the fact that they have scrolls in this seems to be that unless they're playing in a whole scroll wars phase, then fuck yeah, I'm on I'm board for that. Yeah, see that that's the thing with me. And when I was watching that trailer, that's what I was thinking about. Um you know, obviously this is leading up to Secret Wars and that that too is a really major uh moment for Marvel Comics and big storylines such as Secret Invasion. I hope this is just kind of like a a tease in terms tease of in terms of the scrolls and maybe they can be the next big thing after 
Kang and Secret Wars and whatnot. Um, I know everyone keeps thinking Galactus is going to be the next thing, but I don't think that should that Galactus should ever be in the MCU. I just I don't even know how you can do that. Like, they'll make it work. No, there's there's no way. There's no way you can make Galactus work. They'll make it work. (laughs) There's just no way. Have they made Phase Four work? Yeah, but that's an anomaly. Not even, but not, that's easy stuff. Galactus is like a really hard thing to do. I don't think they can. I don't think they will. Um, so. Maybe Galactus should have been the first first saga. You know when their creativeness was at a peak. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but no, yeah. Everything you said about the trailer, I think it's it's bang on. Um, yeah, this feels like you know a spy espionage kind of movie. Yeah, it has. It, it's it feels dark, gritty. Um, you know, got a bit of a thriller aspect to it. It it reminds me of um, yeah, Captain America: The Winter Soldier and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, and every episode besides the last one of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I really loved. In terms of you know, the action sequences, you know, the seriousness, the stakes for the characters, stuff like that, and overall, this it looks nice as well. It doesn't look CGI heavy. It doesn't look like a you know, a clusterfuck of all these random things happening. It's just like yeah. practical, practical, real stuff. And I, I like that. And I'm actually kind of excited for it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they can pull off the storyline aspect of it, but you know, I'm looking forward to it. And right now that's a big thing for, for Marvel to do. <laughs> um, have James looking forward to one of your content. Yeah, pretty much. You know, if, if Marvel's making me look forward to the content, they're doing a good job with their marketing. Uh yeah, but you know, Guardians and then Secret Invasion in June, I believe. I think it's middle of June. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck June's looking good. Oh, June is stag. <laughs> Asteroid City and now Secret Invasion. Oh man, it is just it's gonna be a great few months, honestly. Um we got some good stuff coming. Hopefully it actually turns out to be good. Um but yes, you know, that is going to do it from us today. Thank you for tuning in. Before we sign off, uh, we want to hear your thoughts about what we discussed today. Did you agree with all the things we talked about today? Do you think Secret Invasion just looks like more MCU garbage? Or do you think Clayface is a wise pick for Matt Reeves' The Batman sequel? He is not. Um, <laughs> nah, he, he's going to be good. But whatever it is, whatever you thought, you know, head on over to our Instagram at MovieGains and let us know. If you want more of our content, check out moviegains.com. You know, we cover box office, we cover uh, 4K physical media, we do movie lists, we cover the Oscars, plenty of content over there. Join our weekly email newsletter to stay up to date with everything that we do. And yeah, if you enjoyed today's episode, you know, follow us on whatever platform you're listening from and turn on those notifications to never miss another one. Thanks again for joining us. We'll catch you next time. Have a great day. Peace. See you later.